All right, welcome everybody to the latest episode of the In the Flat Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kill, joined again this week by Jordan Schultz and Jess Abin. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. We're now in the thick of the bowl season. Uh, we have our playoff matchup set. Our Heisman finalists are announced. Uh, the transfer portal has completely lost its mind. Coaches are leaving left and right. People are declaring for the NFL. Uh, so there's a lot out there. We're going to try to jam-pack a lot into a short period of time here. So let's jump into it. Uh, let's start off first with um, a little bit of news. Uh, so the NCAA is finally doing a good thing. They're giving anyone in Virginia uh, University that that is um, another year of eligibility. So if they wanted to play an extra year, they have the availability to do that. Of course, this is coming after um, that shooting that happened in Charlottesville the um, last month that left three Virginia football players dead. So I think this is a really good, um, you know, thing to do for the NCAA. I mean, those players didn't get to play the last couple of games. It was really marred by this terrible event. So having an opportunity to stay with their school and, and play another year and get another opportunity, I think, is the right thing to do here by the NCAA. So good thing by them. All right. Let's move into coaching and draft declarations here. So there's a lot, so I'll kind of go through it and get you guys' opinion on it. So first – um, this announced today, Wisconsin is hiring Phil Longo from North Carolina as its offensive coordinator. Obviously, Phil Longo has been there for a few years um, in North Carolina leading the offense um, with Sam Howell and Drake May as his quarterback. So this will be a drastic change for Wisconsin, who's typically just been a run-first team. Uh, I think Phil Longo is more of a pass-first um, type of offensive coordinator. So it's going to definitely bring a different wrinkle to uh, Wisconsin. Uh, a couple of draft um, declarations here. Notre Dame tight end, the GOAT, Michael Mayer, is entering the 2023 NFL draft. Um, he goes down as basically owning all the um, all the stat records for tight ends at, at Notre Dame for um, for obviously being tight end U. That's a pretty big accomplishment there for him. Um, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis has declared for the 2023 NFL draft. This time last year, he was looked at as a number one quarterback. I don't think that's the case anymore. Uh, I don't even know if he's going to get the first round, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, Louisville today announced they're going to hire Purdue's Jeff Brom as its head coach. Obviously, Jeff Brom used to be the quarterback at Louisville. He turned him down four years ago, but he finally decided it was the right time to go home and is taking that job at Louisville. Uh, Tulsa is hiring Kevin Wilson, who's the current offensive coordinator at Ohio State, as its head coach. Jim Leonard has decided not to stay on as defensive coordinator with Wisconsin. So he'll be a free agent for either um, a defensive coordinator job in college or the NFL or as a head coach in college. He's been kind of sought after over these last few years. He's turned down many offers from both NFL and college. So he'll have plenty of job opportunities out there. Um, Huge news of the week was Colorado hired Deion Sanders as his head coach, which is already paying dividends with hundreds of players reaching out to Colorado about transferring there. So, I think you know at least off the bat he'll be able to get a lot of um, a lot of um, interested parties to, to go play for him. Uh, top of that, he hired Sean Lewis, the head coach of Kent State, as his offensive coordinator, and he hired Alabama associate defensive coordinator Charles Kelly as his defensive coordinator. So he's putting together a good staff, starting to get a good recruiting buzz going. So that's going to be interesting, you know, as far as the future of the Pac-12. He might be leading Colorado into that that um, that top level there. Obviously. You know, for those younger out there, Colorado used to be a destination job. They won a national title in the 90s. They you know, they could potentially do it again if they, you know, obviously have the right players, right coach there. It seems like they're trending in that direction. So um, that's a little bit of news on coaching and draft. Um, so, Jess, any, anything stand out to you? Anything that you think will make a, 
you know, is a is a major splash, major update, major thing you want to talk about. I mean, just kind of getting a little bit more into the Deion Sanders situation. I mean, hundreds trying to transfer. He's setting up his own personnel. He had that viral video grout where he essentially told everybody that was already at Colorado to pack up your things. He's declared his son as the starting QB. He's He went in there and he's already getting things done, though. It'll be interesting to see because, you know, Jackson State, for as much success as he had, He's in the big leagues now. I mean, the Pac-12 might not be the SEC or the Big Ten, but, I mean, obviously there are some strong teams there. Oregon seems, you know, they had a little bit of a dip, it feels like, in some recent years, but they seem to be recruiting well these past few. And I don't know if it's going to end up being, you know, where they have the uh, like Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher, where it's like, yeah, you're getting all these great recruits and, things seem flashy and like they're going well and their expectations and it just doesn't go the way you hope each year. I mean, that's how Texas A&M has been. Um, we have to see how well Dion can do at this next level. But other than that, um, some other notable names that have declared for the draft, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Anthony Richardson was a big one the other day. Yep. Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, uh, the cornerback out of Mississippi State. I believe so. There, there's been a lot of the names that have been expected. So it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting off season, with you know so many big names entering the draft and then potentially others just choosing to transfer. Yeah, it's almost like a crazy free agent period out there, and everybody's just, you know, these teams that you think you saw this year are gonna be completely different next year. So that's gonna be interesting. Jordan, anything stand out to you that um, you think is newsworthy here? No, not really. I think um, just going off that uh, video you talked about with Deion Sanders, it wasn't him telling his, the Colorado players to pack their bags. It was him saying, he said like I think five or six like things that he wants his players to do or be. Smart, dedicated, all this other stuff. And he said, if you are not that, and I think the biggest thing is that clip only gives out the last part of that whole speech, whole sentence. If you're not that, the transfer portal is open for you. He's not kicking players out. He's not telling players to leave. Nothing like that. That That's all I've been hearing. I saw videos. People are already saying that. That's not what he wants. Um, so I just wanted to yep. tell I you just. so many people talking about how he said, you know, he's bringing his own luggage. and you know, His luggage are his, his son. And probably <laughs> half of Jackson State um, player or uh, players coaching coaches. So and those but, five uh, stars that he recruited there definitely are probably yeah the, uh, the, the corner Travis, the, who was the number one player in twenty twenty two. He's following him. So yeah, um, Colorado is going to be like the team to watch next year just to see how this goes. I mean USC kind of set the standard this year. Like look at what they did in. One year with a flashy name coach, a top and a whole bunch of top level transfers. I mean, Colorado. I don't think is going to be anywhere near the playoff next year, but it'll. Uh, they um, could go from what one win this year to bowl eligible in a year. I guess it depends how good Gion Sanders' son is at quarterback, because <laughs> uh, Caleb Williams. And how good is he at a, as a coach? Yeah, well, he has good coaches. I, I think coaching will be fine because I think hiring Sean. Lewis, the head coach of Kent State, and as your offensive coordinator, who'll probably be your assistant head coach, will probably be helpful. Mm-hmm. Charles Kelly has been a longtime person under Nick Saban. He's also will be helpful to kind of help run the show. Um, 
you know, it'd be interesting to see who he takes on and who he pushes out, um, you know, because I know he wants to get the right players there. And this team only won one game last year, so maybe you don't have the right players so, there. Maybe so, you yeah. push certain people out, you know? So maybe push the play- right push or the right players. If it's if it's <laughs> yeah. the players complaining about Deion Sanders saying, oh, you guys got to transfer, well, I mean, you guys went 1-11. So maybe you're not the right fit for Colorado. Yeah. Win some games, then you won't be pushed out, okay? That's all. Yeah. But um, just to, you know, just to, con- to finish my thing, the, the draft declarations, I mean, I know Will Levis, you know, declared, but I feel like that's smart for him. He got hurt this oh, yeah. year. I don't think he wants to play another year and lose out on making, you know, real money and getting to that big, big time. He'll be drafted. I think he's probably in the top five quarterbacks in this draft right now, just because there's not a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. But who, is, who would re, I mean, other than the two obvious of C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, who do you, what other quarterbacks do you think would really go over him? Uh, I mean, <laughs> no one. Anthony there's Richardson is even more of a project than he is. Only if Caleb Williams can come out early. <laughs> <laughs> if Caleb could come out right now, he'd be going number one guaranteed. And then uh, everybody would cry that, because he's Houston where they're going to ruin him. The, the difference is, though, I feel like I don't – Caleb, I, I think he's a really good college quarterback right now. Transitioning over is is a different story. I mean, we've already saw, you know, there's multiple quarterbacks. You know, uh, Trevor Lawrence transitioned over, wasn't that great. Justin Fields last year transitioned over, wasn't that great. I, I don't know how that will work, but – Besides that, that's not what we're talking about here. Situation he you you land in with these guys. I mean, there's no such thing. I mean, Andrew Luck is the closest thing I've ever seen to a guy with that kind of hype who comes out and then just kind of immediately takes a garbage team to the playoffs. I mean, Cam Noon took a little bit. Uh, Payne Manning struggled in his first few years. So did Eli. I mean. Big Ben came out and won a Super Bowl, but he was more of a liability. I mean, at least from a pure statistical standpoint. Obviously, I can't. I wasn't watching football back then. I was like four, <laughs> so I can't really remember much of football from back then. But Trevor Lawrence came in, and that situation was terrible, and he's looked better this year. Um, yeah, but it's... it would be interesting. I mean, if Houston takes Bryce Young this year. And then it gets the number one pick next year. Do you think they'd immediately go to replace Young with Caleb? I mean, it, I don't honestly, know. I don't. I don't think any of these quarterbacks coming out are ready to start next year in the NFL. <laughs> they need a year, and so I would probably wait for Caleb Williams. Honestly, I'd probably take some other players and try to build around. You know, hopefully try to get him next year, or get a better quarterback next year. Because these guys all have issues. They all never. I mean. They've won some games, but they also struggled mightily. Like, C.J. Stroud has had probably best moments out of all these guys, but even then, in the, some of the big games, he doesn't show up. Uh, Bryce Young is just falling apart this year. He's not even a Heisman candidate. I just I, I don't know what happened to him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just the whole Alabama team is, is just a weird vibe this year. But, I, you know, I think, um, you know, Will Levis probably has as much shot as anybody else out there, I guess. Um, I don't know. Because sometimes it's the system you're in. He, he – He's in Kentucky, which is not like an offensive juggernaut with all kinds of great players around him. So maybe he'll be better if he puts some players around him in the NFL. But, yeah, to be serious. The only other one that I can really think of of a quarterback that's expected to go out, come out to the draft this year is that that would really stand a chance. I mean, you have Hendon Hooker, who's probably not going in the first with that injury, and then uh, 
Tanner McKee, uh, Tanner McGee, Tanner McKee out of Stanford. I think uh, there's some. Yeah, yeah. But again, these like are him. all like second, third round kind of guys. Yeah, I, you know, I'm thinking of like most of these guys are second, third rounds. I don't know if I would take any of them first round. You know, like I don't know if I would be. I'd be scared to kind of take a shot unless you are so desperate for a quarterback. And maybe Houston is. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like, if I was Houston, maybe we'll trade I'm back. taking Will Anderson with that first pick, and then. They got another one that could finish top ten, depending on how Cleveland finishes the year. I think they have Cleveland's pick, right? So. Yeah, and then you know, I think it. Like there was some mock drafts that I saw, you know, where Houston just goes Will Anderson and Jalen Carter or something like that. You know, really just take some of the best defensive guys and just continue the tank. Just, yeah, no. the next year. yeah, that's what I would do too. Maybe, I, I don't know. It's <laughs> hard to tank the- sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, if if you think CJ or Bryce is that guy, you have to take him. A lot of mock drafts for me are seeing uh, Bryce Young getting taken first. So, yeah. Well, as as things have kind of shifted, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Quarterback is the most important position. I mean, I was never. I was even last year. I wasn't all that high on Bryce Young. I don't know. I just. I I've never been big on quarterbacks under like six <laughs> two. So. I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) Apparently, uh... So, it looks... (laughs) So, we just lost Tony. Um, (laughs) What I said was so blasphemous. Oh, (laughs) and he's back, guys. He needed to... Tony needed to scream out into the distance. How can you not like Te- Bryce? Technical difficulties. I was so angry at your points. I I just I couldn't take those points. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> all right um all right so that's what we're in uh, different sport <laughs> uh transfer portal um a whole nother situation a whole nother bit of craziness there um there's been over a thousand um in a portal after the first 24 hours i think i saw you know there's probably a couple thousand and now i haven't checked the latest numbers uh but there's a lot in the transfer portal just random players that you know, like freshmen, sophomore leaving. There's like 12 or 13 left from Alabama already. Uh, so it's just, you know, even Alabama's losing them. You know, it's going to be a tough go out there for um, for teams. So we figured we could just really condense this down to what we saw the top um, rated um, transfer portal candidates out there. So the top 10 or 12 here and ones you might be familiar with. So let's we'll start first with, um, you may not know this name, but I think you will next year. And that's uh, Fentrell Cypress. That is the top-rated transfer in the portal right now. He is a um, cornerback from Virginia, and he has teams after him such as UCLA, Ohio State, Michigan, and Notre Dame are all fighting for his services. So somebody's going to get a good transfer. I think he's leaning towards UCLA at this point, so he may be um, heading there to the West Coast. Um, Quarterback Devin Leary from North Carolina State obviously got hurt this year, but before that was a really successful quarterback, and I would say a non offensive system so you know he could probably do a lot of great things out there the rumors are he's either going to illinois or notre dame his brother plays at illinois so he's probably leaning there unless notre dame really pushes for him and i think notre dame is kind of trying to decide who they want to push for at this point between devin leary and um, some other quarterbacks out there um tight end running back jaheem bell from south carolina there are rumors him getting some big nil deals from various set teams like like a Texas A&M, um, LSU, some of those others. So be on the lookout for him moving to one of those. Uh, quarterback DJ, you out of Clemson. 
Uh, the rumor is this, he's going to UCLA with his brother, who is a five-star defensive lineman. So it looks like UCLA is going to get some players um, if he does make that trip over. Um, quarterback Hudson Card uh, out of Texas, he was the backup who came in and played really well against Alabama, had some other good plays. Rumor is he's going to Notre Dame or North Carolina State. Um, then you have cornerback J.Q. Hardaway out of Cincinnati. Um, haven't seen any, any major rumors about where he's going, but I think he's probably – Probably headed to like a um, North Carolina State, Ohio State, somewhere in that area. Uh, offensive guard Ajaya Cornelius out of Rhode Island. Um, he's actually um, rumored potentially going to like a Alabama out there. He's uh, or Michigan, so they have a couple of big schools after him. Um, edge defensive lineman Desan McCullough out of Indiana. He has been crystal balled to Oklahoma, so it looks like he's heading over to the Sooners. Uh, inside offensive lineman Javion Cohen out of Alabama, former five-star. He's only been there a couple of years. He's transferring out. Um, you know, obviously there's SEC and Big 12 schools after him. Uh, defensive lineman Denise Adelia out of Texas A&M is a five-star. Again, he's only been there, I think, a year. Um, there's some teams obviously talking about him, but he's been a little bit of a headache there, so I don't know who exactly is going to reach out and grab him, maybe at Colorado. Uh, quarterback Brendan Armstrong out of Virginia, who is rumored for Syracuse. Uh, wide receiver Dante Fortin out of Oregon, who is rumored for Arizona State, where his offensive coordinator went, or USC. And then wide receiver Dominic Lovett, he's a top wide receiver, transferring out of SEC. And he's rumored for Alabama or some other SEC teams that are out there. So that's the list. So, Jess, from your perspective, anybody stand out to you that can make the biggest impact out of this group? Um, Honestly... Probably either Hudson Card or Devin Leary. I mean, we've. I would say DJ, but I mean, no one knows what's going on with him. I mean, we were just at one point. It was like he was expected to be the the next Trevor Lawrence to continue that line of Clemson quarterbacks from Deshaun to Trevor to him. But I mean, you know, I was constantly picking Clemson this year, and he just wasn't really getting it done. And then we see. Uh, Kate Klubnik come in and then they just absolutely trounced uh, UNC in the championship. So I think if someone like Leary or Card ends up going to a team like Notre Dame, Notre Dame is, they always get recruits. They have had some issues with quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. You two can uh, clarify that a lot better for me over the last couple of years. You know, these guys are a bit more proven. And I think that in the right situation, like we were talking a little bit earlier with, you know, quarterback getting drafted to the right situation, you know, they could be the difference maker. I mean, not everybody is going to get, you know, some five-star top guy quarterback as just, you know, come in as a freshman. So with the transfer portal offers a lot of these ways now to kind of add that finishing piece. And maybe one of these guys for Notre Dame could, you know, help them, get over the top in the next couple of years, especially since the playoff is expanding. That would certainly be helpful. Yeah, no, good points. Yeah, that has been the one issue for Notre Dame. They, they recruit very well in every position. The quarterback, they've had a lot of three and four stars in it. You don't quite get them over the hump. So you got to hope one of these guys, if you're a Notre Dame fan, comes in and can actually produce. So, Jordan, your perspective, who stands out to you here, sir? Um, The same as... Jess, you know, Devin Leary and Hudson Card, but you can't, you know, Brendan Armstrong, I, I think anywhere he goes, he can put up the numbers and, you know, really 
elevate a team. Just, you know, we've seen his numbers the last couple of years. <clears throat> uh, Dominic Lovett, I think he can really, um, maybe not Alabama kind of uh, school. If he went to Alabama, he I don't think he would really elevate too much of that offense just because it's Alabama. But if he went to a, a different school, I think he can elevate that offense a lot. Um, but mainly quarterbacks. I feel like a lot of teams need quarterbacks, a lot of transfers for quarterbacks. And just it's been a down year for quarterbacks, you know, all around. Um, Notre Dame didn't have a quarterback really. Clemson didn't really have a good, great quarterback. Texas was up and down. Um, even with Hudson Card as the quarterback, you know, all the Virginia was up and down with you know Brendan Armstrong there. So just a lot of up and down. So, but a lot of quarterbacks, I think, can make a really big impact on any team they go to, and. And those, you know, Devin Leary, Hudson Card, you know, are the main two that I can think can make a huge difference. And, and Brennan Armstrong could, in the right system, I think he can make a big difference. Sure. I will throw a number name out there that's not in the transfer portal yet. That's Sam Hartman. So I, I think we heard weeks ago that he said he would go to the NFL. Um, but there are some rumors that he might be considering going to another school. Um, in fact, I read that Notre Dame has been at his house this week trying to get him to transfer. Uh, there and so that might be another option if you're a Notre Dame fan, or you might go somewhere else, or you might declare for the NFL. So that's another quarterback name to watch as well. Another name I heard is um, May from um, North Carolina. Now this is there's been a lot of false rumors running around, so who knows what's actually true? But uh, there's been a lot of people trying to get him to leave and go other places like Alabama, like Notre Dame, like other places that have been kind of recruiting him when they should have been recruiting him. So. Be interested to see if he stays at North Carolina or not. So something else to watch there. Um, all right, let's talk about the Heisman finalists. Um, we, we they were announced this week. We have Matt Stuggan, C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, and Stetson Bennett. This is the worst group of Heisman finalists I've ever seen. I'm pretty sure. Um, so Max Duggan didn't win his conference championship. C.J. Stroud didn't win his conference championship. Caleb Williams didn't win his conference championship. Stetson Bennett did, but he probably had the the worst numbers out of his bunch. And so. Man, it's just like, what do you do here if you're Heisman? They're going to probably, to my opinion, they're probably going to give it to Caleb Williams because he had the most kind of spectacular finish to the season, and they're going to blame his last performance on the fact he got hurt. Um, I think he's a little bit of Hollywood, and I'm going to talk about my hatred for Caleb Williams after these last couple games and some of the ta- things that he did. But um, I honestly, out of his group, I think it's going to be Kelly Williams. I think it should be Max Duggan. But I think it'll be Caleb Williams. What do you say, Jess? Who do you think should win? And who do you think will I win? I think it it will be Caleb Williams, and I think it should be Caleb Williams. But overall, this is just this list. There's no love for any other position other than quarterback. I mean, how does Stenson Bennett get in there? I mean, just I, I, I like this. It's might as well just be. Uh, the, the top quarterback, quarterback on the top team. Yeah, right. Just best quarterback on the best team, and not even necessarily on the best team. It, it's like only like playoff level teams. And I mean, if <laughs> if USC didn't lose, we'd be you know CJ Stroud would be the only one in there who didn't make the playoff. But now that's that's switched up there. I mean, Corum could have made it. I'm. Any standout defensive players? I mean, just the past year, uh, not too long ago, what was it? Chase Young got nominated, but it was more or less an afterthought. I, Devonta Smith, 
you know, like I'm, there wasn't anybody this year, offense, defense, that I feel like truly stood out. So I, in my opinion, you know, Caleb, for the best story, I guess, you know, it certainly helps you put up good numbers. But overall, this just – I don't know how Stenson Bennett got in there. But if they, if they truly considered him as in – and he's like a real serious contender, then I think that says more about this class than, than him necessarily. But Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Jordan, um, who do you got winning and who do you think should win? So – uh, you know, throughout the week, last week when they announced, I did hear that a lot of the voters that voted for the Heisman voted before the, the conference championship game. So just put it, yeah. I don't know. It's what I heard. But, you know. They, yeah, they th- can. I mean, it's it's not a rule that they have to wait till after the championship game. So they, can, <laughs> they can do after the regular season's over. So. Still. That's... So, yeah. So they didn't wait. But, um, I, like, honestly, the only person on this list that I think should be on this list, and I'm not taking anything away from any other other players, and I, it, it kills me a little bit to see this because the way he what he does, and how what he did the Notre Dame, but Caleb Williams, he you know, he's fourth in passing yards this year, um, he had 37 touchdowns, yeah, 37 touchdown passes. I mean, the next closest quarterback or next closest player on this list is Stenson Bennett at 11. For passing yards. Um, I'm surprised. You know, there's so many players. Like, I don't know how C.J. Stroud got in without playing in his conference championship game. But then you have Drake May, who was on that list earlier, a couple games ago. I just don't know how they picked this list. I don't know how they voted. But in my eyes right now, C.J. or Caleb Williams is the clear frontrunner. And... Honestly, it could be Caleb Williams winning one and then them all tying for second in my eyes. I, I just don't see – I don't know how they – We get a tie in the Heisman, 25% yeah. apiece. I, um, I just don't understand how they pick these names. Um, great running yeah. backs out there right now this year. Um, a, a bunch of like a bunch of position players that could have gotten it. It's just a lot of things that just didn't make sense with this Heisman finalist um, picks. Yeah. No, for sure. All right. Let's talk about um, – let's take a step back to this past weekend. Um, we're not going to go into, like, the full playoff preview and New Year's Six Bowl game. We'll be doing that over the next couple of weeks. But we want to take a step back, at least talk about the, the championship game weekend that was. We'll start off first with the Pac-12. Utah, this dismantling, it was – I'm not going to say after being an Dame fan after losing the USC, it was a little bit of nice to watch Utah just destroy USC the following week. But – uh, obviously, Caleb Williams got hurt in that game. We don't want to see anybody get hurt. Um, so hopefully he really is okay. Um, but Utah looked good. I think Utah deserved this one. Um, and I hope they go and win that Rose Bowl because they obviously losing it like they did last year. But great performance by Utah. Uh, USC just um, – this is what this is the performance I thought Notre Dame would have against them because the Lions haven't been strong all year. They've had times when they play okay and they get turnovers. But what I think I noticed in this game, I noticed in other games I watched – they don't tackle. They just go for the strip every single time. And, it, you know, it ended up costing them in this game. There was a couple of plays that just end up going long because they're just sitting there trying to rip, rip the ball out of someone's hand. So, um, so Jordan, what do you think about this one? Um, any thoughts on Utah, USC? Um, Utah just – I honestly, like, the other game was close. I think by halftime it was 17-17. Um, but, you know, Utah just – like you said, it 
USC couldn't tackle. Didn't seem like they could tackle. Um, if you just look at the stats, um, you know, you have Cam Rising, 22 for 34, 310 yards and three touchdowns. And every pass averaged 9.1 yards. Um, but a crazier number is, you know, their running back, Jackson, who had 13 carries for 105 yards. So he averaged 8.1, two touchdowns. I, I just think USC's defense still is not where a national championship defense would be. Um, just let up a bunch of yards, missed a lot of missed tackles, just kind of looked, it didn't look like a USC team we saw all year. Um, and honestly, I don't know if even Caleb Williams not getting injured would have kept this game close. Um, I, I think Utah pulled away in the second, or in the, at the fourth, with the, in the fourth quarter with, you know, the 23 unanswered points that they put up. It, it just looked like Utah, um, wanted this game and and Utah is really good at beating a team earlier in the season and then beating them again in the championship game yep it's been a little bit of a trend there so it'll be good again they're gonna have a decent matchup coming up against Penn State I think that favors them being a more physical team I think uh, but you never know in those type of settings all right I'm gonna kind of mix these two together because they're very similar Michigan um, won the Big Ten championship 43 to 22 over Purdue and Georgia won the SEC championship 50-30 to 30 over LSU. I would say both of these teams definitely proved to be the top two teams in college football. I would say they kind of played with their food a bit there in the first half until they finally pulled away in the second. And for Georgia, they actually um, they came out in a huge lead and just kind of let their foot off the gas, so a little different than Michigan. But uh, Michigan kind of just, as they've been all year, a good second-half team just absolutely destroyed Purdue in the second half. Uh, so both defenses look good. Both offenses looked okay. Um, both running games looked good. And so any takeaways here, Jordan, on uh, Michigan and Georgia? Um, Michigan, yeah, they don't have Blake Corum. Um, he's out for the rest of the season. But um, Edwards is putting up numbers. He put up numbers against Ohio State and just put up another set of numbers this game. I, I think, you know, we're still seeing a, a good run attack for Michigan. I just don't know if their quarterback play right now is going to be it might be the downfall of them in this game against uh, TCU. We'll talk about in the next pod, uh, next couple podcasts, you know. But big win for Michigan. Um, definitely, probably didn't need it a hundred percent. I think they would have been in even if they lost it, if it was close enough. But um, the one thing I can say about this Georgia LSU game is the stats. Georgia's defense let up. Um, I don't know if it was they just. Put their backups well, in, and it was yeah. Because I mean, they got what they got twenty eight to three. It was something like that. They just kind of took their foot off the gas, I think. But five hundred and two passing yards for LSU. Well, that's that's scary for Georgia when they're thinking about going up against Ohio State next. Um, that's definitely not a great draw for them. So, definitely. but the good thing for Georgia is Ohio State lost like one of their top receivers to the draft, and. Uh, well, not playing in the ball yeah. game. He hasn't really played all year, though. That's uh, yeah, hadn't really been playing all yeah, year. Yeah, but still. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver in the country, so it'll certainly be interesting. I mean, Ohio State's entire receiving core this year is expected to be like first-round draft picks over the next two to three seasons. Well, I it's, think – I don't want to get to that game yeah. yet, but what I think will help Ohio State is the running backs will have a whole month to get healthy. And because that last game they played Michigan, their top basically their top three running backs were injured, and they had to really depend on other running backs. So, I think having 
having those guys healthy, ready to go in this game, which will open up the passing game even more, I think will be a good opportunity. Now, I have to go up against a tough defense, so that's going to be interesting. So, but yeah, no, definitely there's some. I mean, I don't, I'm not all too worried about Georgia. They were up at 35 to 10 at the half. Like, it, sure, they gave up a whole bunch of yards, but I mean, by the end there, they, they had their second unit in, so. Yeah, very true. All right, uh, let's move ahead to the ACC. Clemson won 39-10 over North Carolina. Um, DJU played the first couple series, and he was yanked. And um, the, the freshman came in, and they probably will not be looking back. Obviously, DJ's in the transfer portal, um, and they're, they're good to go going forward. Um, Jess, what do you think of Clemson's performance here against North Carolina? This is what I thought they were going to be doing, like, all year. I mean – very efficient quarterback play, if nothing else. 20 of 24 for, uh, what was it, about, let's see here, 280 yards and a touchdown for Klubnik. He added another seven, uh, he added another 30 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He even had a catch for 19 yards, it says here. So they dominated both sides of the ball. Drake May did not have himself a game. You know, we're talking about him a little bit earlier. Uh, 26 of 42 for 268, no touchdowns and two picks. Uh, their North Carolina's only touchdown came on a run on a rush from May, but he only averaged like 2.2 yards a carry on 11 attempts. So I mean, we see what Clemson is capable of, and maybe if they had taken DJ out and started Klubnik, you know, way earlier. We'd be talking about them in that fourth spot instead of Ohio State, or at the very least, they would have had a much better case for it. Instead, yeah. they're playing, I think it's Tennessee in the Orange Bowl with the two orange teams, I believe. So at least we got that. <laughs> Bunch of orange. Definitely have that. Any Jordan? Apparently, the Orange Bowl, they're all going to wear orange, but their helmets are going to be different colors. It's going to be uh, orange and, out. Oh, and who? And then, who, let it be true. and then whoever wins has to not wear orange ever again. Uh, <laughs> but I thought you were talking a little something serious nope, there. No, nope, whoever wins has to never wear orange ever again. They have to change their school colors. <laughs> now the next thing you know, they're just going to be uh, like a bronze red. <laughs> yep, yep. Clemson, the Clemson bronze reds. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I, I think... Clemson played really well, but I, I think the biggest case for Clay Kublick, um was a good game for his first real you know game. He got to play most of it against the U uh, North Carolina defense that uh, I don't think they had a defense all year. They just had an offense that could put numbers up, and they played probably the best defense in the ACC uh, in Clemson's you know, and so that's why Clemson pulled away and you know by a big margin. And uh, good for uh, Cade to actually get that, you know, playing time and get to compete this year before next year where he's going to be that full-on starter. Yep. All right. Final game of the championship weekend, Kansas State, uh, at least the ones we're talking about, Kansas State at TCU. Kansas State got to victory 31-28, avenging their loss from earlier in the season against TCU. This is a good back-and-forth game. That really came down to inches. Um, Max Duggan reached out and didn't quite get that first down or touchdown there at the end of the game. And I mean, it was inches. It was very, very close. Um, I've seen a whole lot of disputing about that with the refs. 
whether or not yeah. that was the right call. I don't think it was either. But looking at it live, I didn't think it was. I thought he got in. Um, but nevertheless, they said no, and they couldn't score. So the Kansas State won 31-28, and they won the Big 12 championship. So, Jordan, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, I, honestly, this game was crazy. Um, early, it looked like you would you would think it looked like Kansas State was gonna you know slowly pull away, and it was like shots back and forth. Um, TCU another comeback uh, game and a regulation. Um, so they are a really scrappy team, and I think you know Max Duggan puts it all out there, and that's gonna be the biggest you know thing going to this college football playoffs is he's going to put 110 percent of himself on the line every play every throw every run he does is going to be you know something you know all all his you know power is going to go into everything and he's you know going to try the hardest um but good game i think all around i I think it was kind of a a, probably the best conference game we had this year um just because they were so you know similar on you know, everything, I think if Kansas State could have, you know, been in the same situation TCU would be in right now, it would be the same, you know, same place. You know, it would be Kansas State we'll be seeing in the college football playoffs, but with TCU be undefeated. So it wasn't such a big loss. I think it was good. It went to overtime and went only was three points that kept them in that college football playoff. But Max Duggan didn't, you know, had a great game, um, passing and running. It just nothing. No one. Kansas State's defense couldn't stop him, but it just they were so close and so evenly matched. It was that's why the game was so close. Yep. Any final thoughts on that one for you, Jess? I mean, yeah, it was like the only start to finish good game this weekend in the in hmm. terms of you know the major championships. I mean, every other one was like double digit blowout. Um, that being said, I do have some concerns about TCU going against Michigan. That's another very strong defense, and they certainly showed some flaws. But all that being said, I, I don't really have much to say to add to Jordan's. You know, they if they had to lose, this was the way to do it, and I think that was what everybody had consensus over, that they shouldn't drop at all. Everything else was just who's going to get that for, uh, fourth spot, who's the most deserving. Ohio State, Tennessee, Alabama. At the end of the day, I think they got it right with Ohio State. So t- TCU, they've got Michigan. They didn't move, and now they just got to focus on uh, on the semis. So yep. good luck I to think, them. <laughs> I think TCU will get some rest. Is good. They, had, they felt like they had a tough game back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back weeks. The Big 12 was very even this year with a lot of, you know, solid quarterback play and solid defenses, which is interesting for that, that conference. So I think having to rest and get his Max Duggan, hopefully his wide receivers help because those last couple of games, his wide receivers were injured and he was really having to do it on his own. So I think having them healthy, if they can get healthy in time, will be key for that Michigan game. But, yeah, it's going to be a tough, you know, line of scrimmage game for them against that defensive offensive line. So, they're going to have to have a really good game on a Max Duggan for sure. All right. With that, I think that wraps up all of our updates. That's that's a lot. Uh, all right. One last update for Jordan. Um, don't forget, everyone, to watch the Army-Navy game this weekend. It's it's the only game, college football-wise, but it's, you know, the Army-Navy. It's going to be – it's always a good game. 
Who, who's going to run the ball the most? <laughs> it, will there be a pass thrown? What's the over-under on how many total passes? Like eight? Uh, I mean, probably two. Um, <laughs> they're gonna run the, every, everyone's going to run the ball. Just who has the who has the better unorthodox offensive game plan is who's going to win this Navy. game? Probably. Yeah, Navy. Yeah, Navy. I know. Navy gets Notre Dame. They had, they just started throwing the ball in the second half. It was just like Notre Dame wasn't really ready for them to throw the ball because they haven't thrown it all year. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting if they do that against Army. Um, yeah, Navy um, total yards for passing is nine point one four. Army is eight point one one. So. Huh? Who can get over 100 passing yards in this game is going to win this game. Well, I don't think is that even win possible it. for you to be a tie. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good game, though. It always goes down. It feels like it goes down to the wire in these these teams when they go all out. So I hope, I hope it's a good game at least because it's the only game on TV, so it has to be good. All right. Um, with that, we'll wrap this one up, guys. Again, follow us at In The Flat Pod on Twitter, InTheFlatPodcast.com, on our website. And we'll be back with you next week, guys. Bye.